Blog Talk Radio. something I have never done before opening up the show, and that's to tell you who I am. I just assume everybody knows for whatever reason, but I'm Keith Bledsoe. That's me, Keith Bledsoe. So I want to get that out. I want to thank my guest Tuesday, a brilliant, brilliant young lady, uh, chemical engineering major at the University of Cincinnati, uh, just got it together, and that's totally contrary to the stereotypes that you'll see if you scan the channels on daytime TV or uh, any other uh, form of assistance media. Uh, this is, uh, she is who we need to promote and who I believe we have a majority of, but there's a certain element of few that's spoiled it for everybody. But thank you, Tadia, for a great interview. Uh, anybody want to hear an interview, all you have to do is go into uh, blog talk radio forward slash uh, Keith Bledsoe. And you can pull up any show I've done since I've started doing the show since um, last September, coming up on a year. Uh, today, I don't have a guest. I have a co-host. Uh, this brother has been on with me uh, for the third time, and we, uh, we, we go through issues. We don't agree on everything, but we respectfully disagree. And uh, even when we disagree, we understand where each one of us is coming from. Brother out of Chicago, representing DuSable High School, Retired railroad worker. Want to bring on for the third time, Brother Dan Lee. Dan, thanks for coming on again. 
Hey, man, thanks for having me, and uh, hello to the listening listening audience. Anybody want to chime in? Uh, all you have to do is dial 708. Nope, I didn't what you want to do. <laughs> you call him Dan Lee. <laughs> hey, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> call it to the show. Uh, you think you have your own show, Dan. I'd be just holding on here. Uh, okay. <laughs> 718-664-9513, 718-664-9513. Any topic you want to chime in on or you want to bring up a topic of your own, we, we're going we're gonna to let it uh, flow and roll with it. Uh, it may be a little scattered. It may be uniform, but there will be legitimate and valid topics. Uh, I guess I'll then. Uh, and, well, the first thing, let me do this, because uh, we, we lost uh, Maya Angelou this week. Yeah, I, I just want to uh, give, give, give my condolences and give pay my respect uh, on my platform to uh, a, a great, great woman who, you know, hopefully to set enough examples where somebody can come through and you know, follow up with some of what she was doing. Dan, Dan, what, what do you think about uh, Maya Angelou? You know, uh, I actually met her about maybe 20 years ago while I was at work one time. She was writing uh, on the railroad there. And uh, I met her, met her very gracious lady. And at the time, I didn't know a whole lot about her. I had heard about her, you know, literature and so forth. And uh, even in her death, I'm still learning things about her. Uh, that that was one giant of a woman. And uh, her her shadow and her glow will remain here uh, after most most of us are long gone. And while we're on the subject, I'd like to share a little something, a little story that happened, a little something happened to me today. Uh, I was in a barber shop, and a young brother was getting his hair cut uh, right across from me. And uh, he was in a conversation. The guy asked him, what do you think about, you know, Maya Angelou, what happened with her? And you know that young brother said, oh, you mean the stand-up comedian? And, you know, I don't usually get in people's conversations, but I had to bust that, I had to break in right there, you know, and explain to that young brother who Maya Angelou was and uh, why he should at least Google her when he gets a chance. And he really didn't want to listen to me. He wanted to start talking about what Tupac was a poet, too. Don't nobody talk about Tupac, et cetera, et cetera. I said, my brother, oh. yeah, that, that's what he came at me with. And I said, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but just do yourself a favor, not me, do yourself a favor, and look this woman up. Just Google her, and then you'll understand why she's, you know, why a lot of people, just about the whole world, uh, is remembering her. And so hopefully I got through to the young brother, but uh, sometimes you have to wonder. I, I hope so. I hope so. Because it, it, these, these youth, they just don't know. And I don't know if it's necessarily all that far because the system definitely definitely doesn't put anything out there. You know, they he could probably yeah. tell you about uh, Jerry Springer, you know, what was the topic of the day, who got two pants. Oh, I'm sure he could have told us all about that. But as a matter of fact, yeah, he but, and uh, a couple of the other brothers said, well, you know, we really not into reading such and such and such and such. You know, sometimes we look at t- they mention television and the opinion shows they might look at every now and then. I say, well, if all you do is look at opinion shows, all you'll have is other people's opinions. You need to form your own opinions and then weigh what other people say and think against what you're talk what you're thinking about and what you're talking about, and you can become a more well-rounded person like that. Well, so hopefully, like I said, I hope it sunk in. You can leave them to the knowledge. You can put it out there for them. But like they say about the horse, taking them to the water, you know. Exactly. Uh, you can hope, hope they absorb it. All you can do is put it out there, and you've done your part, man, as far as that situation was concerned. Yeah, you no, know, that's, that's why, you know, I, uh, you know I, I first started dealing with Facebook maybe two or three years ago, 
And when I first saw it, I said, man, this could be a great tool for spreading stuff, you know, because I noticed there was a lot of frivolity on there. It still is, actually, but uh, I, I just believe that this, this medium and the various other social medias can't be used for sharing information more so than just all this other crazy stuff that's going on out here. And I'm glad to see it starting to evolve that way, especially on, you know, some of our pages and some of the radio station pages and so forth that I visit. It's becoming more of an information medium, which I think it should be. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's one of the most powerful tools that we have. I mean, first it was the Internet. Now you have the Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's no reason. There's no reason why, we, why we're not. Well, there's reasons, but it's, it's just a yeah. shame that we're not doing the things we need to do. Uh, with with the with this media, we have media right in our hands, and we're not doing any. Well, some of us are trying to do something with it, but there are too many who are just spreading Jerry Springer daytime TV BS crap. Uh, but we do what we can do, and like you say, we can lead them to it. It's on them from there. I got to ask you about. Go what? ahead. You got something? Oh no, I was going to bring uh, up. I was just going to co-sign what you just said. You know, it, it, it's really a powerful tool, and I, hopefully, you know, the tide is starting. But uh, what were you about to bring up? Man, but I was, I was going to go to, uh, of course, we got to go to uh, this Donald Sterling guy. I'll just say my little part, <laughs> and I'll let you. Because me, I get it. Okay, he is this, he is that. The dude is uh, bigot. He, he, he don't care for black folk, call him racist. He's this. I get it. I agree with all that. I, I, hey, it's all good. I'm down with that. My, my fist is in the air with that one, okay? But we, we're getting out of hand where this, this man was in a private conversation, even though he might have known it was recorded, which I don't know that at all, but I'm sure he wasn't expecting to go viral. He, he expressed what he felt about a people, and, uh, you know, he's with his, you know, hood rat, and, you know, says some things, and now they want to take his team and kick him out the league permanently and so forth. I disagree with that. Okay. okay. Now, if people know he's – I mean, if, if, if the people know if this is what he said, then that's on the people to not go to the games, to not support him. Mm-hmm. You know, and eventually, you know, it'll, that'll flush him out, I would imagine, unless he's that rich that he'll, he, he don't care if there's two or three people in the seats. Well, he is a billionaire. <laughs> and, at, and at the same time, come on, there's a lot of people out there who support this man. And I think he'd still have a good crowd in the stadium, regardless of what he says, especially if he said it about us. But okay, now here's I, the I, thing. I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were doing it. Go ahead. Okay. No, you go ahead. I'm, I, I can tag on later. About that. Now, first issue is a lot of people say freedom of speech and uh, his uh, – Amendment rights were violated uh, when this was exposed, but you have to realize there were two people in that conversation. So if one of the persons, being that young lady, decides that she wants to go public with the transportation, she also, I mean, I'm sorry, public with the conversation, she does have the right to do that, which is what she did. So that kind of killed this freedom of speech because she is the one that did that, not, she gave it to the media and the media put it out there. So, you know, that's, that could go either way on that, that particular issue. But I think okay. we, I think we uh, misunderstand the league's motivation for trying to get rid of him. They're trying to cover their own asses. I, yeah, I mean, you have to realize that. this man has been an owner for 30 years. The former commissioner was a good friend of his for 30 years, Donald Stern. 
And I'm sure that he's had this. I, I can't believe this is the first time he's ever expressed sentiments like this, especially to oh, people that he's, uh, you know, been associated with all these years. So basically, they're trying to get him out of the way. They're trying to get it cleaned up so the other names won't come out, like, for instance, Donald Stern. And now people are taking a look at the Dallas Mavericks owner, even, even, even though myself personally, it's no big deal what he said to me because I'm not surprised to hear that because I've heard it before. But the only thing I would say about what the what is the guy that Donald I mean not Donald uh, the Dallas Mavericks owner's name what is his name I can't think of it right off the top yeah Mark Cuban but his situation to me he volunteered that information nobody asked him to come forth with that he decided he he threw that out there so now he's getting a little heat so he had that coming because he could have phrased that a a dozen different ways but I don't feel there's no reason to really get get on his case take his team and all that because I don't think that they're the only ones out there. So it's to me, it's almost. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about him and his little uh, concubine. Frankly, I don't care I'm what to do with the team. I don't care what what his uh, half hooker wife or whatever wants to do with it. You know, it's irrelevant to me. Uh, as long as everyone knows what the deal is, and as long as everybody's keeping their eyes open and, and knows what's going on, you have the choice to do what you want to do. And as far as he and his team are concerned, I, I I agree with why they're doing what they're doing, just to cover up, because I don't think he feels mm-hmm. any differently than any other owner in any other sport of any other franchise. Exactly. Period. Exactly. But I know you remember the, the old owner of the Cincinnati Reds, that lady, uh, I forget her name right now. Marge Shot. She was way worse than him. She was talking about Nazis. She wanted to be a Nazi. She hated Jews. She hated black people, million-dollar uh, N-words and all this kind of stuff. So she was even worse than this cat was, and she came yeah. out and said it publicly. Yeah. Nothing new there, nothing new whatsoever. Now, I brought up the Donald Sterling and what he said as it related to how he felt about black people Mm -hmm. to go to this. Okay, now what about what we are saying? Okay, I mean, we take the easy target, which which Donald Sloan is. Donald Sloan, wow. Donald uh, Sterling is. And and Eric Eric Snowden, they're easy targets, but Mm -hmm. we have... Uh, some of our thug rappers saying much worse things and putting and causing us more harm than Donald Sterling has ever caused us, and we say nothing. We don't recommend that they get dropped from the record label. Well, some people do. Just don't... Some people well, some, do. Some... There have been campaigns. It's just the average person in the street doesn't really get involved. There have been a lot of campaigns well, to get these cats off their out the air, and it's been going on for decades. Wow. Well, they. They're not as loud as the campaign to get rid of Sterling because I, these campaigns uh, definitely uh, the media has them hush hush. Maybe I need to dig a little dig a little better and do a little better homework. Yeah, there are a lot but, of black organizations that have been involved in trying to uh, get this stuff cleaned up for a long time. I know Al Sharpton's organization, National Action Network, has been deeply into it. NAACP to some degree. Uh, uh, even uh, Reverend uh, Jackson, he was involved in it for a while. You've even had some conservative Republicans that have even. Uh, Weighed in on this, like Tip, Tip Gore, not a, yeah, Tip Gore, and people like that way back in the seventies and eighties, in the eighties and nineties, rather. So there have been efforts, just not a sustained effort or an effort that's been backed up by the media. And that's the key right there. Exactly, they're the eyes and the that's, ears, and they know that most yeah. people don't read, so they know that uh, if they keep it off of television, for the most part, eighty percent of us will never hear it, or maybe even more than that. And that's what they depend on. Yeah, well, they, they have to feed the prison systems and you know, mm-hmm. the supremacy supreme. And that's, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I, I, uh, when I see the damage that 
you know, this, this, these influences have on the youth who, like I said, eventually get older and then they have kids. Mm-hmm. And then the poison, it, it, it just spreads throughout the generations. But you know what the young people say about that, right? Say it's not art. It's not uh, life imitating art. It's art imitating life. They're saying all that's coming out there through the media and through the rappers is stuff that's actually happening out here. So they're flipping the script on that. That's that's what I get from most of the young people. So they they are saying that basically all they're doing is reflecting what the young people really feel and. Uh, the influence of the media on the on the uh, young people is way overblown. Now that's what they that's the pushback on that, and that's also the pushback from many members of the corporate media who are profiting from this. If you get my drift. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally disagree with that. That, 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 yeah. that. that's their angle, and I absolutely disagree mm-hmm. with that's that. Pushback. I mean, you you can't uh, these these video games, especially these violent videos, are, are hypnotic, man. They are desensitizing. And they are—they mm-hmm. uh, have created, and too many of our youth, not all of them, because we have some great people like uh, Tadia Njanga, uh, who I talked to last Tuesday, uh, but the people, too many of our youth are just pretty much like zombies, man. They have no emotion, no, no nothing. They just do. Yeah, but then we were talking, uh, when we uh, connected earlier, we were, when we were speaking of uh, some of the so-called uh, not senior rappers, but the old school rappers, so to speak, the ones that have really made it, you know, like Pip Diddley or whatever his name is and Dr. Dre and folks like that, um, they, they, they've they gotten paid to the point where they just they can do anything they want. And now we have so-called respectable people, respectable institutions, respectable media that treat them as senior statesmen now. That's not helping any yeah, I know when we talked earlier, I was talking about, uh, I guess that leads us to, you know, we, we tend to seem to just glorify, you know, black folks just because they, you know, get rich and make a bunch of money. But, you know, I look at the path they took to make the money and the damage that they have uh, covertly done to the Overtly, youth. I may be wrong. <laughs> exactly. I'm wrong word. I put that C shouldn't be there. Overtly. Yeah, I say it's been overt. To, to our youth, man, and that's that's the way I see it. Like I said, I could be wrong, but based on what I see and experience, that these guys had, they do have power. A they lot could of power. This, yes, they, they they could turn some positivity into this mess if they chose to. Mm-hmm. So I see them as part of the same. I call it an Illuminati sized system. They're part of the same thing. They got theirs. Yeah, it's a symbiotic but, relationship between. Uh, them, uh, the media, the corporate, the corporate lore. I mean, any time you have six corporations that own just about every bit of media in the entire country, you go back 20, 30 years, no one could have foresaw this. They are controlling just about everything now, which is why so many things that are positive or things that uh, so-called progressives want to get to the people uh, rarely make it uh, on air. They control all of that. They make sure it doesn't get on air, and they frame, they frame the stories before they put them out there. I mean, look at the VA story now. They all frame it as, uh, you know, the, the, the situation, you know, with today's VA, but they're completely ignoring uh, the failures of the system that goes back decades, or, or just as recently as the Bush administration in 2007 when the, uh, when the not the Mayo Clinic, I can't, uh, Michael, Michael, what is the name of that place? Michael Reed 
Center or whatever Ivory it is. Yeah. Walter Reed? No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, the uh, VA facility that's out east out there. I can't think of it right now to come to me. But that was a much bigger scandal in 2007, and a lot of the same people that had called into resignations were sitting in Congress, sitting in the Senate, a lot of the same people in the media, and they barely covered the story back then. But now all of a sudden it becomes a rallying cry for the whole country, yet ignoring the fact of the uh, budget cuts, the, two, the billions of dollars in budget cuts that have uh, been thrown at the VA and and, and, causing, and causing all these backlogs. This is about people not being able to get into the VA. It's not so much about the treatment. It's about the delays in the treatment, which have been caused by the budget cuts. It's just that simple. But the media will not allow it to be framed that way. And then you were mentioning earlier also that uh, the same Republicans who voted down uh, uh, assistance for the VA just mm-hmm. voted to, to increase their own uh, personal wealth. Yeah, yeah, and they also have just approved the $615 billion tax cut, but turned down, I mean, uh, blocked a proposal to build $21 billion in new, brand-new VA facilities, which would really alleviate a lot of these problems. They said that was too expensive, and then just today they announced they want to push through a $615 billion tax cut for trillionaires and billionaires. But $21 billion is too much to spend on the troops. Now, that's not – I don't know how they get away with – well, I know how they get away with it because, again, the corporate media simply refuses to put that information out there. This, inform, this, this whole so-called newest scandal would be sh- shut down if they would just do their jobs. Well, well, if they covered it like they covered Clinton with Monica, you know, yeah, something, something would mm-hmm. happen. Uh, yep. No, that, that, that still amazes me that the president was impeached for something that he should have, maybe his wife should have slapped the hell out of him about. Well, it's apparently incredible. she did from what I hear, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's where it should have been left. That's where they should have exactly. been left right there on, on the palm of her hand. So, yep. so when, they, when, they, when they talk about that, and then I think about, you know, just, you know, the, the 9-11 thing that's, that hasn't been followed up with at all, that's a whole different story, but... Yes, and still, I was going to talk about that, too, bring up, if, if you watch the uh, early morning service uh, news shows, how they, uh, all they're talking about is Benghazi, Benghazi, Benghazi. Mm-hmm. And it's every and? time you talk about Benghazi, the first thing I think about is that third W, uh, that the World Trade Center dropping down on its own. Mm-hmm. And uh, this brother, Barry Jennings, being killed, who was in that building before it dropped down and was about to start talking, and he was mysteriously died. So, yeah. uh had that been a Democrat in office, you know damn well he'd have been impeached. Well, in addition to that, you also have from 2000 to 2008 uh, about a dozen embassy attacks during the Bush administration where 80 to 90 Americans were killed, several, including soldiers in this now, a lot of soldiers, uh, damn near 100 Americans were killed, and a lot of people maimed and whatnot, in about 10 to 12 different uh, incidents but yet, a lot of the same people that are pushing the, Beng- the Benghazi hearings uh, said nothing about that. They said, we cannot speak out against the president because these were acts of war. And you are unpatriotic if you say anything about a sitting president in a foreign country or when we're uh, experiencing an attack from any other entity, except all the rules changed when President Number 44 walked in office. And what gets me, when you talk about act of war, first of all, it was act of lies that led to an act of occupation. 
Mm-hmm. I used to think that war had to be declared by Congress, but all that stuff has changed too. Well, that so, changed way back with Vietnam. No, actually, Korea. Oh, yeah, Korea. Actually, oh, really? Korea was never declared was a, was never a declared war. It was a, a, a so-called police action. That was one of the that was one of the major uh, controversies back then. But it didn't. But but you know, everybody backed the president back then. But uh, that, Korea was not an an actual war. Technically, and sort of the same. Vietnam also had some issues too, of actually not being an act of war. You know, war was not actually uh, declared at first. It became a police action, and then it just grew from there. I mean, the whole Vietnam War was justified. Have you heard of the Gulf of Tonkin uh, incident that happened right before the Vietnam War? Are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar with that. No. Okay. Uh, apparently, we blew up two of our own ships in the Gulf of Tonkin, right off the shore, of Viet- right off the shores of North Vietnam, and blamed it on the North Vietnamese to give an excuse to send those troops in. And that's a, that's that's a historic fact. It's been being admitted to now. That's how the Vietnam War was justified. It's not how it started, but that's how it was justified. Wow. Yeah. Oh, this is history, brother. They laugh at it now. Yeah, we did it. So what you going to do? Yeah, and they, and they have some things they're doing today that they can, in a few years, they can look back and laugh at. And mm-hmm. say, yeah, we did what you're going to do. And they, that, that trend, it appears, I don't know if it'll ever stop, man, if we can break it. Yeah, that trend left the station a long time ago. Undeclared wars uh, seems to be our stock and trade nowadays. And now you have uh, you have Dick Cheney resurfacing. You have John McCain uh, the big big time loser coming back, calling President Obama weak because he doesn't want to go over into uh, not Bosnia. What am I talking about? Uh, in the Ukraine and start a, and start a war over there when this thing is unraveling on its own. I mean, uh, uh, Putin has pulled back troops two or three times since you know this thing this thing really became big. But the media is not reporting on that. He's also agreed. Uh, with the elections, which he said he would never do, he's backing up, backing up, backing up, and they're trying to find a way out because these these uh, sanctions are jacking them up. They've had all this stuff devalued. Those billionaires that they put those individual sanctions are uh, are getting in Putin's behind, and they are pulling back little by little. I think they may stay in Crimea, but I don't. They 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 not going to do too much except for today when they attacked that helicopter, I believe it was. Uh, and that was supposedly some renegade troops. But Putin is now realizing that uh, this quiet diplomacy and these sanctions are starting to work. He's letting him hang himself. Give him, give him, he keeps feeding the rope to him and letting him hang himself. And he's, he's coming back all on his own. They're not even talking to him. Just, you'll see what happens as, as all your currency becomes devalued and your stock market goes in the toilet. And that's what the whole thing's really about. But now, now that's happening. You notice how quiet it's been on. You haven't heard about about the a lot about the Ukraine lately. Have you noticed that? I haven't. I haven't heard about the Ukraine. I ain't heard about that damn plane. It it, ha- it has been kind of quiet. I heard something about the plane today. Oh, yesterday. Yesterday they said they've been looking in the wrong area again. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, we, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. <laughs> well, wherever it is, they know where it is. Okay, this is so? no damn sense. You think they know I where it is? I believe. I believe that they know where that plane is. I just can't help but to think that I could be wrong, of course. See, this, this, this is where you talk about believing and knowing. This gets them to a whole other subject, but I won't go there right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe that they do, but I don't know that. Of course I don't, but I, I believe they do. Yeah, just okay. based on the history and the sinister history of this country, man. Okay, 
I can give you an, an example of a similar situation where it took them 10 years to find the plane in a much shallower ocean when Air France went down. It took them 10 years to find that plane. And the Indian Ocean where this Malaysia flight went down is four or five times deeper than that with a full-scale mountain range down there with valleys and crevices down there. Something could be down there forever. And you could not possibly not find it. But it did take 10 years to find that other plane. I'm not saying that they, they're not hiding it or whatever, but I'm just giving these are facts. That's the worst ocean in the world for anything to go down is the Indian Ocean. That's the deepest ocean on this planet. That could be wrong. I, mean, I hope I'm wrong. It's just, it's just that, you know, it's just my little personal little vibe, that I, my personal little pee. Yeah, it could be. Uh, you could very well be right, but, you know. Uh, I hear you. Yep. Um. Oh, I was going to say one thing. When you mentioned when you mentioned when you mentioned John McCain and and, and uh, mm-hmm. Dick Cheney, it, it just turned it changed my stomach up because it's like and here we go with the media again. What, what the hell are they even doing talking about anything? Well, of course we know what the system is using them for. Yeah, they talk to Sarah Palin. They talk to anybody. Oh, I mean, anyway, anyway. talking about the queen of irrelevancy. Exactly. I mean, he's the one that brought that. Morons paling into the into the picture. And Precisely. Still can't shut up, man. Precisely. But um, one thing that a lot of another thing the media doesn't report that during the uh, Iraq War, Cheney profited and his companies profited thirty nine billion with a B dollars. Because, you know, all they had to do, you know, he put all this stuff in almost like an escrow, so he couldn't collect on any of that while he was in office. But once he stepped out of office, he just go, he just reached his piggy bank and helped himself. He profited $39 billion. Well, that's my understanding. Uh, I've seen. That's what, that's what pretty much war is all about. You may have some issues, but war is, is business, man. War, war is for profit. Yeah. Yeah, which is why a lot of people want uh, President Obama to bomb Iran and bomb and go over there and start a war with the Ukraine or anything. They don't want these troops coming back home. Oh, and they come there's home. Money they'll, 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 there's money to be made. It's too much. It's too what war is, is is on the same system level as, as the prison system. You know, yep. it's all about profit. It's all about profit. Well, if you recall, President Eisenhower when he left office warned us all to beware of the prison industrial system, not the prison, I'm sorry, the uh, industrial war machine. These are his own words. A Republican president back in the 1950s warned us about this happening, and it came about exactly as he said it, it would. And that's also a matter of, of history. You can look right there and look at it. Speaking of history, that's President Eisenhower. Got no film. One, of got other, no film. one of our other black presidents, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Lincoln. Eisenhower, maybe there's another one. I don't know. Uh, hmm. Let me ask this to, to bring it locally. I was listening to Perry Small show today, and she kind of jumped on the topic that I actually had to, was going to bring up anyway. But you know, she did minimum wage increase that they're saying. What do you think about that minimum wage increase? You think it should be for say a McDonald's to make fifteen bucks an hour or something like that? I mean, more. Well, first of all, the fifteen dollars is basically a starting point with some negotiations. Let me back it up a little bit. The minimum wage, in my opinion, is long overdue to be raised simply because the McDonald's jobs we have today have replaced the middle-class jobs we had of yesterday. Seventy percent of the people that are working for minimum wage are 28 and older and have families. 
there's a common misconception that minimum wage, major, I'm sorry, minimum wage workers are all young people or transients, but that is no longer the case. The middle class jobs people supported their families with have been replaced by two and you know the, the middle class jobs that we used to have back in the day have been replaced by two and three minimum wage jobs. So people are trying to survive off of this. So the economy has changed, and with that change, we need an increase in the minimum wage for several reasons. For one thing, it would jack the economy back up big time. It would create all kinds of jobs, including uh, you know, some of the jobs that are being held back, like infra- infrastructure jobs and green jobs are being deliberately held back by the GOP once again. So until we can get those jobs back, and these cats will not get up off these jobs or the fund, because they, they handle the purse strings. The Congress appropriates the money, not the president, as so many people seem to think. All he can do is sign the legislation once it gets to his desk. Congress can hold up every single thing and which they have actually done, damn near everything that he wants to do. So in the meantime, we need this minimum wage increase badly. I know some people say, we all got an education, why should they make as much as me, and et cetera, and et cetera. But as they're coming out of college, what they're seeing is they're going to be in those same minimum wage jobs that they're trying to keep other people from getting an increase in, and then they're going to see what it's really like. That's my opinion on that. Uh, I don't I, I hear you. I hear you. I don't. I, 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 I'm saying, look, if they can get 15 bucks an hour, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. I, I, I ain't mad at them at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I know there is a, another side that, that does say that those jobs weren't designed. Uh, that they were pretty much starter jobs. But like you say, there is no intermediate job, job no more. We used to have a steel mill. Yeah, exactly. Know, like the middle class is almost dead, man. Exactly. So I, I understand that too. I understand, I understand both sides. At the same time, hell yeah, raise the minimum wage. Let these people but get the paid. The fifteen dollars an hour to... thing is basically in, in various local areas. The national push is for ten dollars and ten cents, which is a, a small step. So even if the national uh, minimum wage was raised to ten ten, that would pump billions of dollars into the economy. And it's been proven that people that are working in the lowest paid jobs, every dollar that, that they spend generates $1.50 of economic activity. This has been proven over and over and over again. What this basically means to us is tax revenues increase. We get some of those jobs that have been killed uh, on the federal and state level because a, a lot of people don't seem to realize that a lot of the jobs that have been lost in the recession were some of the last middle-class jobs associated with state and local government, and also they were disproportionately minority workers, which is another reason why the Republicans went after these jobs. This is a very tangled weave they've, webbed, they've uh, weaved here, a, a very tangled web they've weaved here. And they, they, they've targeted special groups like minorities, like union members, and like middle-class people, and in their own words, and it's also been on record, that they plan to punish, quote-unquote, punish the Obama voters. And this is part of it. So I'm all for the minimum wage increase. I'm all for it. But I think it's going to end up, they need to do it nationally so people can't be hopping across the borders into the red states and getting screwed over. You understand what I'm saying? Like the businesses use that as an excuse, even though they're already getting billions of dollars in corporate welfare. 
they will still pull up stakes and move to a, 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 a red state for ideological reasons. They will cut off their own nose in spite of the rest of our faces. Yeah, that's that's. When, when you, I don't know the, the wickedness of these folks, man. It's like a bottomless pit. I mean, just when you think you might be close to reaching an understanding of it, it just falls, that drops down deep, but you never reach it, man. These folks are something else, you know. Uh, and then we see the Star Spangled Banner and say the Pledge of Allegiance. At least some people, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, just, I, I just don't get it, man. I will never pledge to that crap. When there's justice for all, I will pledge allegiance to it. Okay? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do it as a, as a matter of courtesy. I just love the baseball game. And I know if I didn't stand up, my, my wife would probably hook me, in the, hook me in the nose or something. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I stand up. I stand up. Yeah. I stand up. I, but I, I understand where you're I, coming I, from because there's, that, that, that pledge is pretty hypocritical right at this stage. Yeah, I'll stand up. I'll take my hat off. I'll participate. You know, I like mm-hmm. respect, you know. You know I talk just like prayer. Same thing. When yeah. I'm in the middle of the country, much people that are praying, you know, I, I don't want to offend anyone, so I go along with the program, go over my grocery right. list or whatever while, while they're praying. Exactly. It's, it's harmless. Don't, it's, it's no big deal. You know, you stand exactly. up. That, they want to say that that you stand up. You can put your hand up. You put your hand over your heart, but don't you say that shit. <laughs> You, you stand up and put you give them that respect, but don't you you don't play us to you don't play us to something that's so wicked. You yeah. know, I always taught them that. Okay, uh, what, what did I have here? You know, we that's another when I when talking about the wickedness. Let me we we're talking about uh, Maya Angelou, and I forgot to bring up this uh, this thing, uh, Schlussel. Oh, the, the, those two are right-wing pundits that said all those other yeah, things calling, about her. Yeah, calling her a uh, racist, a U.S. hating yeah. anti-Semite nut job. Oh, okay. And I'm like, these people are so into. She left Africa. The only way she hates America. The only way she reason she came back is to help Malcolm X build the nation of the Islam. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to throw that out there, man. I mean, what 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 can you say? I mean, we we all know what what, what the deal is and you know what it's about. But I just you know at least wanted to. Put that document that on the show. That I don't know. Maybe she, that's Rush, Rush Limbaugh woman. I don't know. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, uh, some people will say it, but a lot more are thinking it. Oh, I mean, because, because we revere her, they're going to naturally try to tear it down in every way they possibly can. So even if they don't say anything, uh, 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 quite a few people feel that way. So I've learned to I've learned to live with that, and I, I don't let them dominate. Dominate my perspective on anything. No, just 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 point it out. Just point it out. Mm-hmm. You know, like here we go again. You know this is yeah nonstop nonstop uh, supremacy. But anyway, in uh, Chicago, they I, I guess they have a rally coming up. They're gonna say okay, you know, it reminds me of this. Just just say no to drugs. Put down yeah. your gun rally. What, what, what's your take on on that? And you know, how, how do you, to me it's just like. It's just too, too passive. I mean, what do you, what do you think? Well, there are a couple of precedents, precedents here. Uh, of course, we all remember the Just Say No Nancy Reagan slogan uh, as far right. as the drug war is concerned. Right. And an even bigger precedent, a more recent uh, phenomenon, if you will, uh, are prayer vigils for the same thing. We have these prayer vigils after the fact which I understand, giving cover to the family, I'm all for that and all, but it's not going to really stop anything, in my opinion, it, and it hasn't, you know. But I, I, I sort of, I'm sort of okay with that. At least some people are getting involved on some level. 
Uh, like when they march, a lot of people say, well, what they march for, nothing's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But at least they're, the people that march, I give them respect because they are doing something, even though it may or may not help. It's, we know if we do nothing, that definitely won't help. So I, I don't have a real problem with that. You know, uh, if they want to have meetings and whatnot and rallies, to me that's better than nothing. Now, it doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but at least it calls attention to the problem. And maybe if we get enough people on the same page, we can actually start doing some things that may actually have an impact on this problem. You know, things like maybe bringing jobs back or possibly getting some of these congressmen and senators and so forth out from under the thumb of the NRA, things of that nature. So, you know, it's... It's a feel-good thing, and sometimes a feel-good thing is not a bad thing. Well, like you say, one thing I totally agree with is it can't hurt nothing. It cannot yeah. hurt a thing. It, it ain't, mm-hmm. It's not going to cause a problem. I don't think it will cause more shootings. I, I, it, I, it can't hurt. So that, that's that's a good thing. But Yeah, at least we're bringing awareness to the problem, and maybe if it just turns one guy around, it's, it's helpful. It, it just might. That's one person from shooting. They've done more than most people do in a lifetime. Well, we need we see the thing is, and that's another thing. We we have these issues, but the the system is quietly uh, closed down some of the mental health clinics that that yeah. we need in the community, man. Not so quietly, and, uh, man. They, they they haven't made the bones about it. If you just look, take a look at the last budgets that have been passed, and you will see, if you go line by line, mental hospitals. Uh, being cut and, you know, various other social services being cut, of, you know, of all types. While on the increase, you get basically tax cuts for the uh, for the millionaires and trillionaires and whatnot. And you get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of lip service type type increases. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example, but basically those, tech, those tax cuts for the rich are one of the biggest jokes that, that you know, I can imagine. Uh, if you remember recently, oh. a bunch of millionaires even came out and said, we don't need these tax cuts. We're doing fine. Yes, yeah, a bunch of them got together and went to Washington and said, well, why? we don't want this. We didn't ask for this. Why are you doing this? But they're doing it to cripple the economy. If you go, have, you ever, have you ever heard of a program called Starve the Beast? I have not heard of that, no. Okay. I'm telling you and the listening audience, if you, if you Google Starve the Beast, this is a program that started back in the 1980s, maybe the late 70s, through the uh, predecessors of the Heritage Foundation, some of the Reaganites and stuff. And basically the principle is if you starve the cities of revenue, you can dismantle just about the entire safety net. And you do that by, by giving all of the, most, a lot of the revenue to, to the war machine and to the corporations. That way you have to cut education, you have to cut health care, you have to cut uh, 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 workers, like in the uh, federal and state and local levels. You have to cut them, and basically, what that do, does is starve out the constituency of the Democrats and increase the constituency of the Republicans. Starve the Beast is a very real program, and it has been worked almost to perfection over the last thirty something odd years. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I appreciate yeah, that. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting reading. There's even another yeah, one similar to, similar to that called the Two Santa Clauses. It's a little less well known, but basically what that means is if you get a Democratic president in, you put the bad Santa Claus, the 
because the Congress, if they control the Congress and the local governments, they make all the budget cuts that hurt the people on the streets. But when the Republicans come in, you let all the money flow in. If you notice, over the last five or six presidents, the only ones that have actually decreased the deficit have been doing Democrat, uh, Democrat regimes. None of the Republican presidents over the last few decades have, have, have uh, decreased the def- deficit. They've, they've increased it. They spend on credit cards. The Democrats get in. Then they tighten everything up, snatch all the money out, and hurt all the people in the streets. And that's what the two Santa Clauses is, good Santa Claus, bad Santa Claus. Well, no doubt which, who's winning. It, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It Let me is. ask you this about the uh, – what do you think – and I'll – well, I'll just say the presidential uh, library and the, uh, the, the the high school they talked about building for uh, President Obama on the north mm-hmm. side. I thought that was an insult. You say the north? Well, they, the presidential library location is still up in the air. Now, the school, I understand, is supposed to go on the north side. Right. But the I could be wrong on that. That's, that's, that's what I've read recently. Now, I didn't hear this, the, this program today. Maybe you heard something I didn't hear. No, no, I, I heard as far as this, they were still up in the air about the uh, library. They're talking about the old Michael Reese Hospital site. Uh, as far as my well, that was just one site. Yeah. There are several sites that they got under consideration. And okay. a lot of the West Siders are upset because they're not being included in the conversation, which I can understand them being upset too. But the likelihood, if it comes to Chicago, of it being on the South Side is much greater simply because of Michelle Obama. Well, I think that's where they. Look, if, if they came up from the west side, I would say right on west side, that's where it should be. So would I. Now, so would I. I don't I, have a problem with it as long as it comes here and, gener- you know, and generates some revenue and some jobs for the people here. I don't have a problem with it. Exactly. But I, if it comes here, I'm almost 90% sure it would have to be somewhere on the south side in one of those three or four different locations they keep talking about. It has to be. It has to be. Uh, well, the Michael they're talking about making a casino out of that also. And the Michael Reese site is not considered the most desirable of all the other sites they've talked about. Like, for instance, uh, the Washington Park area and the Hyde Park area, the University of Chicago area, are uh, uh, at the top of the list as far as desirability is concerned. Hmm, that's going to be interesting. I, I just I just think that, you know, like I say, if, if, he, if he came up on the south side, then that's where that high school ought to be on the south side. Yeah, the high school, I, I don't know a whole lot about that one. But I'm rather surprised they want to throw it on the north side, but it wouldn't surprise me any because nothing surprises me anymore. Well, that's true. I mean, it's it's uh, we you become desensitized to being surprised. I mean, it's just kind of like which is I, I don't good or bad thing. It is what it is, man. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you I have would, to have to kind of roll with the flow nowadays. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think about when I think about the summer coming up, man. I tell you, it, it's. Uh, I know a couple, a couple of days ago, uh, a friend of my son you know, was shot down in, in Lansing right there on 172nd yeah. in Torrance there. A stone throw from where and, I live. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it kind of made me, when my son told me, it made me think of uh, Diane Martin's book. Uh, we'll talk about that before we close out. Somebody mm-hmm. else's baby, because it had to do with people not being as connected and concerned because of somebody else's baby. Exactly. And, uh, it, I, I got to say, I, I, I can't say I'm not guilty of that. I mean, not, it's, I don't know. It, it, but when I heard that, when he told me that, it really it hit home because it was so close to a place I'd always gone to, right down the street from where I used to live in South Holland. 
Mm-hmm. And it just made me wonder, uh, where are we going with this thing, man? I mean, what do you see? Do you see any hope? Because me, I see, I'm not sure about as a people, I think we have to have a change before I see something, but there's always going to be hope for individuals. I mean, you can always get out there and, and get yours. I believe that. But as mm-hmm. a people, I mean, how, how do you see that, man? I see, as right now, if we continue on the path that we're on, we're going to end up with black people and colored people. I was going to use the other word, but you get my drift. I don't like using that other word. Uh, that's where we're going right now. Because as, uh, Chris Fox said this in a comedy routine, I think a decade or so ago. Uh, there's a, there's a, a war within our own community. And part of it is uh, the generational line. Part of it is the class line. And part of it is ideology. Uh, the, we're going to have the haves and the want to have black folks against the ones that want to be straight up thugs, want to hang their pants off their behinds and do all those other things that we hate so much, you know, uh, killing each other and, uh, you know, deep into the drug culture and so forth. And we're going in two different directions also. And that's the part that scares me. We're having a civil war right here in the black community. And it's not just Chicago. And it's not just in Chicago. The, the narrative has been that Chicago is supposed to be this, that, and the other as far as murder is concerned. But per capita murders in the United States of America, Chicago does not even make the top ten. I think there's something like 15th, 16th, or 17th or something like that. There are a whole list of cities that per capita, which means per thousand people or whatever, per hundred thousand or whatever, and these are, these are large cities, over 500,000. Chicago's not even in the top ten. So that narrative is being pushed for another, you know, for other political reasons. They don't cover a lot of the stuff that's happening in these other cities. But we have a lot of other cities that are worse than ours. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I guess, bottom line is it's just it's just bad, man. It's, we've been systematically, we systematically bought into uh, what's been put out in front of us, man. And it's it's, it's not good. I hope it something happens you never know things can happen but right now as a people well, i know what needs to happen what needs to happen we need to get our our school systems are are crucial to turning this around school systems yeah our school systems are, are are pretty jacked up right now yeah we have you know some pockets of uh excellence and so forth but overall yeah. your average uh high school you walk into in the hood Half those kids can't read a fifth-grade book. I, I know this because you know, I've seen some of the papers. I'm not making this up. Emmanuel, it is scary. That is some scary stuff, I, man. I heard Emmanuel saying something like uh, this year's the public schools had like an 87% uh, graduate with a graduation rate or passing rate. I said, yeah, right. That's well, yeah, you can graduate thing. people, no problem. I know a young man yeah. that was a junior at a very well-known high school and uh, his parents are so happy they called me over to look at his paper. He got an A minus on it, and it was an essay. And I'm, wow. I'm not I'm not exaggerating. This 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 was one of the worst things I'd ever seen in writing. I could barely make out what the hell it was about. No capital letters, no punctuation, misspelling, sentences run together, and it was damn. Near, you may as well gave him a crayon and a piece of paper to do this. And he got an A minus. I don't even want to see the failures. That's deep. That's deep. And this I saw with my own two eyes. And this is not something someone told me. And I just didn't have the heart to tell them, you know, the way it really was. 
you know, when we talked earlier today, preparing for the show, I was saying that uh, this, the whole school it's, it's got to be dug up and, and, and rerouted, man, and replanted. And, and some, a certain cu- a curriculum has to be uh, put to these kids as soon as they get to kindergarten or even pre-kindergarten, man. Precisely. It's gotta, it's got conflict resolution. Uh, yeah. uh, damn, I'm drawing a blank. Conflict resolution, uh, morale, self-respect. Uh, That's interaction, you know, social socialization. Yeah. Uh, you exactly. know, I know a lot yeah. of us do to a lot of us do to you know the lack of jobs in the hood now. But at the same time, before you get now, if you're a business person and you're confronted with a person that not only cannot read, that wants to uh, split your head open, you got a problem. You know, because there's a lot of hostility because people get very frustrated when they know that they're not making the grade in certain certain ways and they're looking at all this material stuff on television, why don't they have it? Right. You understand? And it, it causes frustration, and it's like, it's like, it's like an, uh, a circle. You know, we're going, around, no, we're going around a circle right now. they got to pay these teachers. they got to get – see, they all – and think, the thing that pisses me off, they all know this, man. You know, I, I think my son uh, – during his grammar school and high school, he went to uh, Greenwood in uh, South Holland, and he went to McKinley in South Holland, and he went to Thornwood in South Holland. Mm-hmm. And I think he may have had, I don't know if he had one black male teacher. All, all, yeah, all if he did, he was above he average. Yeah, if he did, yeah, he got one most of them. I don't think he had too many white men. They're mostly, well, mostly, I can't blame that on women. the color of the teacher. I'm not blaming no, that no, on the I color agree. of the teacher. I'm blaming it I on agree. the fact that that uh, teaching has become so vilified and unattractive to so many people. They say it's just not worth it because they have to be disciplinarians and policemen more so than teachers. You know, I have people in my family that are teachers and a frustration, and they really want to do well. But it's so difficult because you have to play referee. By the time you get by the time you get the class calmed down, it, the, the, every you know the class period is almost over. Yeah, yeah. Just too, much, too much hostility. If you say something to it, then you got. Pookie and Ray Ray coming, like Nene and all. It, 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 so I, I get that. I get that. It, it's uh, it, it's unfortunate. I, I feel for this. This has to be done before they hit the school. This has to be done before they even go in the doors. These kids have to come in ready to learn. And I'm not yeah. blaming it, blaming it on them. I, I, I really, you know, there's there's so much blame to be spread around. You know, you just can't point the finger at a teachers union or. All parents, even though uh, some of the, a lot of the parents are culpable, but uh, somehow, some way, we've got we've got to start emphasizing infica- uh, education. We've got to start emphasizing education. It's got to be made. It's got to be totally made over, and, and you got to you got to get good people yep. in there and, and pay them properly. First of yep. all, and you have and, to be prepared. Uh, you have to be prepared to work whatever job it is. You have to know what you're doing. Nobody's going to hire you over somebody else just because you think you're cute. What what have happened to truant officers? Are they, are they, is this no, that's, that, that's budget cut long time ago. Long time ago. I, I bet I'll be willing to bet you that it's like less than ten percent of what, what used to be on the streets. Truant officers, truant officers, psychologists, music classes, physical ed classes, art classes. A lot of that is in, in some sports programs going the way of the dinosaur. There's no money for they, it. They got it. Every they really need those bands in the school, man. It's nothing like they give them an instrument, and they could change their life, man. 
I mean, if you teach yeah, them how to play help. something. I would like to see a strong vocational a strong vocational component in every school, just like, you know, back in the day. You know, I want to keep going back in the day. But with them removing all the money from the educational system as they have and making it contingent upon property taxes in many, in many places, which is an automatic disadvantage for the poor people because they automatically live in poor, poor places. I mean, not poor places, uh, less expensive housing and pay less taxes, so therefore you have less money going into the system. That's, that's an automatic right there. And that, that's the way they've written the laws so that uh, people in the urban areas are at a distinct disadvantage. See, that's one of the things I was saying. If they, if they want to put these red light cameras and speed cameras in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. then that neighborhood, which we know that we're covered, as far as the black neighborhoods are covered as far as all this, these cameras. Now, mm-hmm. if, if those, whatever neighborhood generates the revenue from these cameras, then that revenue in, from that particular area should go towards the school system or, or something to uplift and, and bring out that area, not just go down yeah, down. That, that would be okay, but that's, that's a drop in the bucket. That's a drop in the bucket to what's needed. See, the yeah, federal money yeah. that used to go in, the federal money that used to go in, has been cut away by Congress, which has caused all the states to have budget deficits and caused all this speed camera stuff and the selling of infrastructure. All this has come about because of the reduction in federal revenue. You can go right down the line and look at each dollar per dollar per dollar, and that's how they get control of all these state houses. They said, and they create this big pocket of apathy in the poor neighborhoods, and then the conservatives get back in and continue to shovel money towards those people at the top. And they keep uh, the poor neighborhoods underwater. It's, it's been a well-executed plan. We're going to have to start turning it around, but uh, you can't get anybody to really report it in any depth with the possible, possible exception of MSNBC because uh, the six corporations that own all the stations, all the newspapers, all the magazines, a lot of the social media. And these are facts that we have to deal with now. The enemy now owns the media. When, it, when an army goes into and, conquer, and conquers an area, the first thing they do is take over the media. That's in war. Yeah, yeah, done yeah, it in yeah. times of peace. This is what we have now. Yeah, the media is definitely uh, it's under control of the plutocrats. It's a systemized. I mean, and no matter, and, and it's always something up the sleeve. Like it reminds what you just said. It reminds me of Jim Thompson when, oh, oh man, the lottery. I the lottery is going to help the school system. The all this money going. Yeah, he put it in the school system, but he took the same uh, same uh, amount of money out of the system for something mm-hmm. else. So it just neutralized right. it. Remember that. Yeah, I remember. I remember. But now, you know, I just heard a story. Not even. I just found this out recently. That even if they put all the lottery, uh, the lottery money into the schools now, with the amount of money that's been removed, it's almost like a drop in a bucket now, because the profit margin is not nearly as big as it used to be. A lot of people are playing, but a lot of it's going to bureaucracy. Until that school system changes, and until they get some jobs uh, mm-hmm. available here, then. I, all I can say is, that you go out. And you, you better get yours, because don't wait. Don't wait for power to the people, because in, in, until they recondition these kids, and they, they have to be totally made over. And I don't, I don't even know if I want to get started on the church. But, uh, oh no, we don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll, 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 we'll hold off on the church. We'll, we'll make we'll the yeah, next we'll, show. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll do that, man. Because you know, we got to get some sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole different conversation, there, brother. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, the school system definitely has to uh, be re- totally made over. Like you said, there's some great jobs schools. And schools. But... schools and jobs; those two things are intertwined. 
we're, we're not going to get one without the other too tough. We, we need them both. And somehow, some way, you know, or I should say possible entrepreneurship, but you can only sell so much to people that don't have anything. You know, they tell the people in the neighborhood to be entrepreneurs, but everybody can't be an entrepreneur. Everybody can't have a business because then you just have a barter system. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't have a, you won't, you, you won't have the economic flow. So you're going to have to have a certain number of entrepreneurs, a certain number of people working the jobs and so forth, and everybody feeding into the tax system and uh, rewriting the tax code in such a way that some of the revenue comes back into the neighborhoods as opposed to what's going on now. Everything can't be about downtown development. Well, people, I just... I'm just trying to do whatever I can do to just get people to think, 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 think about this stuff. Think about it. Wake up. Think about it. Because it's clearly yeah. uh, obvious that people just aren't taking time to think. This stuff is so obvious. If people just think about it, I can't, I can't see how they wouldn't come to. They wouldn't awaken a, a little bit. Yeah. But you Some people, like, if you wait, wait, I'm really curious to see how this 2014 uh, election comes out. If people don't come out in 2014 and let these teabaggers take over the Senate, uh, the pain they feel in now is not but an itch on their butt. But, you know, what can you do? All you can do is put the information out there. If people want to sit back and say, well, there's no difference between the parties and all that, well, that may have been true at one point, but this group now, this is a whole different ballgame. These people are evil, they are greedy, and they have no uh, nothing in their heart for you. They hate the very air that a lot of us breathe. If they don't hate us, indifferent to us, which is just as bad. It's a combination, of 100%, 100% of both, man. You know, yep. 100% of both. You know, when you just look at the Donald Sterling, the thing that was said about Maya Angelou and what they said about our president when he first, what they're still saying about him, what they say about us. Well, not just the president, his entire family. You know, everybody, yeah, they, I mean, they, they targeted his whole family over the years. They, there's been no boundaries here. They go into his mother, his children, him, his wife. I mean, some of the stuff they said has just been incredible. I mean, common courtesy is going straight down the toilet. Yeah, it's absolutely. It is. It's just crazy. Well, what I want to do now, man, it's crazy. I'm going to take a minute. I want to... Uh, Make sure I get this in because I've got to say something about Diane Martin and uh, the book somebody yeah, else absolutely. Made. Absolutely. I read, the, I read the book. I not only read the book, I felt the book. It was a mm-hmm. great writing, a great presentation, a great introduction of characters. I recommend anybody who hears this right now, you can go to Amazon.com, search on somebody else's baby, Diane Martin, and uh, there's still some copies there. Uh, you can also you can chime in with Diane Martin on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, let her know your interest. She can she can she'll get you a copy of that book. But I suggest you get a copy of that book. And I want to get a copy of the book, but the book is being produced is in production to be put to live theater, and they're going to have a live uh, theater play on July 26th at Thornton Fractional South High School. I recommend you all, uh, and let me say this, on Sunday, this coming Sunday, June 1st at 5 o'clock, I'll be interviewing Diane Martin, and I will also be interviewing the members of the cast. I recommend you check out that show. I think it's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. But Somebody Else's Baby is the name of the book 
by Diane Martin. Somebody Else's Baby is the name of the theater play, taking place on July 26th at TF South, Thorn Correctional South in uh, Lansing. Check this play out. Read the book. Listen to the interview. One other thing, Keith. Yes, sir. One other thing. You can also go to her Facebook page and uh, contribute toward the production of this play. Absolutely. That's another thing you can do. Okay. Because you know okay. they always can use a little extra, you know, money, to, you know, for the cast and whatnot. So she's also got something set up where you can contribute to the play, also. Okay, okay. Well, definitely, we 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 don't cover all that. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this interview. This is un- unlike anyone that I've kind of done before, and uh, I, I'm honored to have her on, and uh, and really happy that she is willing to come on on my platform and and talk about. Uh, what she's presenting to the people. That's what I try to make this show all about, extraordinary people doing extraordinary things. Yeah, she's a sharp sister, very sharp, very intelligent woman. So this, this ought to be quite a production. I hope people uh, sign on and uh, check it out. Do what you can to bring it to fruition. She, maybe she won't forget about us when she becomes a big Hollywood star. She might fly us all out there to Hollywood. Who knows? Hey, well, you never know. You never know. <laughs> But I, I, it's 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 a it's a great story, man. It's just a great yeah, story. I, think so. I don't read a, I don't read a lot of books. That's one thing. I read I read uh, you know I read stuff on online and papers online, but I don't I don't read a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I, I picked this book up and I was trying to give myself I was gonna give myself let me give myself a week to read the book before I have uh, we set up at that time to have uh, Diane on the show, and I finished the book in three days. Okay. Uh, great writing. I recommend. All the readers out there, even if you don't read like I don't read, get this book, and it's, it's real talk. It's real situations. And I'm, I can go on a, a long time about this book and Diane Martin, but we're going to go out. We're going to pick it up from that on Sunday. You all tune in Sunday at 5 o'clock, and I'll be posting it and, and promoting it, and I'll be promoting the theater play and the book from here on out. Well, Brother Dan, yep, man, wait. I tell you. Uh, premiere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm moving to Texas next month, but that month after that I will be back and I will be sitting in an audience on that day checking out the premiere of this play, period. I'll I'll be home for that, no doubt about it. You and me both. Well, Brother Dan, I tell you, I I, I appreciate you coming on as a co-host with me, helping me out, keeping me me learning and uh, keeping me just... On you know on, on point with things, man. I, I I I appreciate all the information that you put out there. I learn a lot, uh, and I like learning, especially about what's what's real, what's really happening, and that and that's what you do. That's what a lot of the people do out there, and I appreciate them all. But you're here now on the show with me, so I'm telling you straight up, man to man. I appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, man, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, nothing I love better than sharing knowledge and learning. You know, I try to learn something new every day if I possibly can. And that's really not that hard because there's a lot of stuff I don't know, obviously, just like everybody else. And we can always learn from oh, each other. So as long as we absolutely. keep communicating with each other, we all become the better for it. Absolutely. I, I just I just know a little bit, and I'm trying to learn a little bit more every day. You know? There you go. And I don't think it'll ever get to a lot. It's going to always be a little bit because I'm, I'm going to stay hungry for more. So that's just where I'm at with that. So in closing, Brother Dan, uh, you know how we do it. Anything that you might want to share with the audience and put out there, anything that, that just motivates you, makes you feel good, pissing you off, or whatever you want to share with the audience in closing, man. 
uh, basically, you know, I'd like to thank anyone that's listening out there, and I hope you got as much uh, from our conversation as we as we do. And uh, I just wish everybody peace, love, and happiness, and much knowledge to everybody. Until the next time. Absolutely, and, and, and as I say, get out, uh, get, get Amazon.com, check out Somebody Else's Baby by Diane Martin. Uh, you can go on the website. Uh, they can always uh, use some funding. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, the presentation is not free. And we will have Diane Martin on Sunday at 5 o'clock. And in closing, I'll just say that in the name of whomever or whatever, your spiritual power.